Most of the attention is spent on total enrollment, including record-breaking classes of incoming freshmen. But what good is it if the retention rate is terrible? How can universities hang on to students they do have? We talked to Evelyn Martinez, a recent WSU College of Education graduate. She explains the importance of engagement and students using the resources being made available to them. But she also talks about universities having a more fluid definition of what success is. Education Eclipse starts now. Covering all aspects of teaching and learning, educational leadership and psychology, kinesiology and sport management, it's Education Eclipse from Washington State University. Back here on Education Eclipse with Evelyn Martinez. And Evelyn, this isn't a getting to know you segment. We do those. But I wanted to, to go ahead and get to know you because you, you have been a student here at the College of Education. So just really briefly, uh, tell us about the degree that you just got done earning. Congratulations, Thank you. by the way. That's a go Cougs. Um, so tell us about the degree that you just earned. And of course, now that you're on the open market, what is it that you're open to do? Yeah, so I just finished with my master's in educational leadership and um, it was a two year program. Just got done this semester. Um, I had a focus in higher education administration and ever since I was a sophomore in my undergrad, I've always known that I kind of wanted to work in higher ed. Um, I was really involved as an undergraduate student with student government and clubs and things of that nature. So I knew that that's kind of the area that I wanted to be in somewhere around student leadership. Um, and so I kind of feel like after, now that I'm done, um, something that I would be passionate about is working with students more um, outside of the classroom, kind of more in that leadership realm. It's a really neat uh, experience to work in higher ed. Yeah. So again, congratulations on, on the degree. And I guess if you're out there and you're hiring. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> so there's it. your plug. <laughs> so, so I want to talk to you about, about this, this research that you did. The title of your research is Working Smarter, Not Harder, which that part of it I, I definitely agree with, colon, First Year Student Engagement in Educational Practices. You know, you can't have a, a title without having two parts, but I, I understand your title, <laughs> unlike a lot of research, so I appreciate that. First year student engagement in educational practices. We don't fi fix what's not broken. So obviously, if you're doing some kind of research in first year student engagement, there must be a problem. So without being too negative, go ahead and just give us a brief overview um, of the landscape of first-year student engagement. What, what is the problem? Why is it that you're researching this? Yeah, so some of the things that we kind of know in the literature are that universities provide resources for students to be academically successful in college. You know, uh, on this campus specifically, we've got the Writing Center, we've got Tutoring Services, the Math Learning Center. And the research shows that students, in order to benefit from these, actually have to put in the time and effort that is necessary to benefit from the services and to be academically successful from using those services. Um, but there's some research out there that shows there's a significant number of students, and even though it's kind of a low number, it's about 20% from a very large study that was done, um, showed that those, there are students that are disengaged and they don't participate in these um, educational practices is kind of what we're calling them. And so 20% of students that, you know, are not thinking it's very important to utilize these services, it's kind of a big deal when you think about, you know, potentially these students might, um, you know, drop out of college or whatever the case might be. So you kind of really want to think about. You know, and I hear 
so I hear that the, the job market's really tough for millennials and things like that. But if you define engagement, right, in this context as as just simply being involved or taking taking a part in the opportunities that are, are given to you, then I I, th- I think I do see that, and I wonder sometimes if the job market is 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 really difficult, or if maybe it's just really difficult for those students who had opportunities on campus and just didn't take them, and they didn't they didn't do with their four years or may dare we say a little more uh, with that that they could have done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, is that a fair assessment or? I think so. I think there's, you know, there's also this misconception that engagement is really all that's necessary, but it's really important for students to actually put in quality effort towards the things that they're being engaged in. So some students, you know, they go to a study group, but they don't contribute or they um, aren't really taking in any of what's going on in the study group. They're not actually engaged. They're just there. Right. I mean, how do we get it so they aren't just showing up? It's not that 50%. What do, we, what do we do to get them to that other? So this kind of research, I think, is, is really important. We want a student body that's going to excel. We want these individuals to have, uh, to build their capacity, to, to make themselves more valuable on the open market, so on and so forth. So, so we know the problem, if we're talking about this academic disengagement, and then you know, one step further, as you mentioned, being able to, to, to do meaningful things. Um, what is the research actually doing? What's, what's, what's it trying to show? Yeah, so what, what I was really focused on with this research, and it was a qualitative study, so it really allowed me to just talk with actual first-year students and just ask them. Um, and, and what I'm interested in finding out was, um, what does educational practices, what does that mean to them? How do they understand educational practices? How do they make sense of what that is? Do they just feel like, yeah, they're great services, they're beneficial, but I don't use them? Mm-hmm. Or you know, do they know how beneficial they are and so they actively utilize them? And so that's kind of really what this whole thing's about. So it is examining both like independent uh, academic patterns of behavior, so what the individual does, but then institutional obligations, like the institution being able to, to say, yes, we are offering the, the right kind of services. What was the methodology, I guess? How did you go about doing the research? And then, and then tell me about the findings. Tell me what you found. Yeah, so I did a couple different things. I did um, in-depth interviews with seven first-year students um, on the campus. And I also did these kind of naturalistic covert observations where I actually was in first-year courses. They're like, who's the weird girl over there with the binoculars? <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what it felt like. I tried to blend in as much as I could. Um, but that kind of allowed me to see, you know, place the students in their environment and find out from my observations, you know, how are they engaging in the classroom? Um, and then the interviews allowed me to kind of just ask those questions, like I mentioned before, and just get a really thick description of what it is that the students believe about educational practices. And there's a couple different things that, you know, I found in this study, and one of them is that the definition of academic success is subjective. You know, it doesn't mean the same thing for everybody. And so I think that um, each and every participant had a different goal in mind, um, and there were some similarities among all of them in terms of what their goals are. Why are you even in higher ed? 
Um, but for the most part, they all had different definitions of what success was and that impacted how they utilize these educational practices and ultimately what they believe about these practices. Sure, and we want to always have this nice standardized, easy to follow definition, but the dichotomy changes based on, you know, background, uh, all kinds of things. If, you know, if I'm a sixth generation Coug and everybody's been on the president's honor roll, I mean, I'm expected, that's academic success is that I'm there. Yeah, exactly. If I'm first year, uh, first generation, maybe, maybe I think I'm graduating. I just need enough to graduate. That, of course, is not, uh, there are a lot of people who are first gen that, that are going to be 4.0, and that, that to them is a success, but you could see where that that does change the definition. Yeah, and a, a few of the examples you mentioned are things that I found in this research where you know, making their family proud was something that is the definition of success for somebody. And what that means is graduating college. And, you know, you don't have to do that with a 4.0. Um, one of the other things that was really important with this was students' motivation for coming to college. And that's, you know, with this generation, they believe you need to come here to actually secure employment after you're done. Otherwise, there's nothing left that you can really um, make enough to support your life with unless you have that college degree. Um, they also know that college graduates earn more money and so that's another motivation. Um, and sometimes they often think that that college is it's the obvious next step. That's what they're supposed to do. That's what high school trains you to do. They train you to believe that you need to come to college. And so those different you know motivational pieces for why they even attended college um, has a big impact on how they utilize these resources and what's important to them. And so one of the real major findings with this also was that, you know, students need this to secure employment after college. Well, you don't need a 4.0 to get your college degree. And, you know, in fact, at some universities, you can get by with a 2.0. And so that's kind of... Although you're not advocating this to the listeners to, to only go for a 2.0, right? Definitely not, no. Um, so that's kind of something where students feel like, you know, I'm doing, I'm doing good with kind of this, um, the effort that I'm putting in without utilizing services or with utilizing, you know, minor use of services. Um, and I'm getting a 3.0 and that's good for me. I feel like that's enough. So they'll kind of keep on going with that pace. Yeah, one thing is, you know, students have a lot of legitimate demands on their time and, and the other things that compete with learning. Uh, sleeping, obviously, uh, which, which of course we we know is a big thing because we're putting in nap pods. <laughs> which for my generation, I'm a you know I'm I'm not I'm I may be one of, one of the first, you know I'm right in between Generation X and Millennial. I mean I feel like I'm an old man now, but I was told the other day that I'm not a I'm not a Gen, gen Xer, uh -huh. born 1980. So they're like, well you're not Gen X, you're Millennial, and I don't really feel like I'm a I'm I'm a man without a country here. Um, <laughs> And so I, I know that for me, like the sleeping thing, this nap pod is, is like absurd, but it, uh, you know, there's some research that shows the importance of that or the power nap, yeah. things like that. So all of that, you know, of course, working, stuff like that gets in the way. Um, but then you get the social aspect of it as well. And, and um, the, the theory of sacrifice, you know, am I sacrificing my friends and social life to do other things as well? And even that plays in, I would imagine, because for some, you know, cultures or backgrounds or things that people come to, that social life is, it, you know, it's all about family and friends. And for other ones, it's it's about the outcome. It's about here's what I can show tangibly that I've done. Yeah. 
And so that that all would play into it, I imagine. Yeah, definitely. So that's kind of where this this piece about working smarter, not harder, comes to play because students are thinking about all of these other demands on their time. Like you mentioned, they have jobs. A lot of them have jobs. Um, a lot of them have social things going on outside of the classroom, um, and and obviously they're thinking about getting jobs after college. So they're involving themselves in. Uh, on-campus opportunities that will boost their resume, will look good on their resume, if you will. And so that's kind of influencing where they feel it's important to be engaged. Um, so it's really that opportunity cost piece where, um, you know, if you're spending all this time trying to get a 4.0, what are you potentially missing out on um, when you're thinking about getting a job after college? What opportunities can you be getting involved in to network more and to make have those social interactions? you know, by trying so hard to get a 4.0. Well, I appreciate this. It's a good look at it. Uh, obviously, there's no magic bullet that's going to solve this issue, but I do like the idea of working smarter, not harder. Do you feel, now we're getting back into the getting to know you mode, do you feel like going through this research has better helped prepare you if you want to work in student success or other things like that? Definitely. I think I kind of have a newfound respect for first-year students and how you know they're taught to think when they come into the college um, because I really don't think that there's it's it's not a negative outlook I think students are being smart I think that they're really thinking about a bunch of different areas of their lives you know they're they're being well-rounded they're thinking about their future they're not just right here right now at the college working on a 4.0 you know they're they're thinking about other things and I think a lot depends on the college itself. I think it's incumbent upon each college to to understand the students that are in their college and help them because of the different career paths. Some career paths are so portfolio based, some some maybe not so much, some are just very heavily network based, networking based. Uh, and so I think it's really incumbent upon each college to take part in this this idea of working smarter, you know, helping facilitate that with with the students and so you know I think that that's important yeah I, I think it's it's important you know knowing that students motivations for being here has to do with their future careers it's important for individual departments to kind of you know augment the academic experience and try to get them involved in academic engagement all right Evelyn anything else you want to add uh, no thank you for having me awesome great. Yeah. okay and and just one more plug out there so if you want the <laughs> greatest student services or, or other kind of uh, you know person that you could possibly get for your university, hopefully WCU, Evelyn Martinez. She's on the market. All right. Thanks, Evelyn. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Education Eclipse, a College of Education podcast from Washington State University.